everybody. Welcome to episode 101 of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, your source for all things indie film. I am one of your hosts, Sashia Dumont. I'm another host. Stepped right on that line. <laughs> Always stuck on my line. <laughs> uh, Paul Robinson. And today is a very special day. Very exciting day. Yes. We have a guest. Yeah. Love having guests. What is your name? My name is Kestrin Pantera. I wrote and directed uh, the South by Southwest movie Mother's Little Helpers that is newly out. Nice. nice. Now, we had actually mentioned um, the film. I don't think we said the title yet because I was like, I want to wait to see if she gets back to us because I want to talk about the film. But if we can get her to talk about the film, yeah. then we're, I'd rather wait. So I was, I was glad that we did. Um, so um, you had reached out a little while ago, I want to say. Sure. Um, time is lost on us. I don't yeah. even know what year we're in anymore. But um, And we had, we had uh, checked out the trailer and then we watched the film. And, um, this is all true, by the way, no lies. Yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. We had, we had watched the film and I really like immediately, um, from the trailer, I had sort of connected with the lifestyle, I guess, cause I sort of grew up in that, but I have sort of negative experiences with it. And so I thought, oh, this is interesting. You know, because usually it's like films when they sort of tackle like the 60s and that sort of genre and lifestyle, people who grew up in that time and, and, and had kids and stuff. It's always like this, like lighthearted, like, you know, oh, everyone's just tripping and love and peace and all that, you know. But there are so many different personalities that took to that lifestyle that that contradicted it sometimes. And that was my experience. And so kind of seeing the the mom's character, I have to say, I forgot the actress's name. Melanie Hutzel. That's right. Uh, she was she on SNL. She was. Yes. Okay. I was. I knew. I was like. I, I remember her face from like SNL. Um, her character was like. I kind of hated her sometimes. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? And I was like, I, I get this. I totally get this. This person and the way that she was. I was like, man, this is hitting home. And so just all of you guys together as simple as siblings um, worked so well. But then I related to that actual story in a way i mean not you know verbatim but it was it just it hit home yeah and i was like this is i would i, I want to talk to her <laughs> i want to talk to her <laughs> so what was what was the inspiration for that so it was loosely inspired by the life and death of my father-in-law i am an only child but i ever since i was a kid i always wanted to have siblings in a big family mm -hmm. i grew up just surrounded by cats alone in my imagination um, but my, and I, I like fantasized about having a big family. And then when I got married to my husband, he's one of five and like has a hundred first cousins. It's oh, a huge family. Yeah. Like there's 15 aunts and uncles on one side and like 13 on the other, oh like, or, like a lot of, a lot of people. I don't know if those are the exact right numbers, but it's big. Yeah. And, um, and then I kind of just got, I just became part of this family and I, they're just like my muse and inspiration, but chief among them was the father who we would go out to South by Southwest every year and, and do like uh, events and like go to the movie festival and stuff for like 10 years. And only once a year would we see my husband's father. And it was funny because when we started dating in like 2006, he was like, I come from a really crazy fucked up family and you're never going to meet any of them. And then I met everyone. <laughs> and then everyone that I met was awesome. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, well, there's also like, thousands more that you haven't like yeah. only met the like 
a portion of my family and but like I love it I mean his family is amazing and it is a very big wonderful awesome tribe but you kind of as when his father his father-in-law was like he would come to Burning Man with us it was like if Willie Nelson were your father-in-law like just (laughs) universally loved Mm -hmm. everyone loved this guy Mm -hmm. and he would come to the parties and he would smoke pot with the 20 year old campmate like all the kids Mm -hmm. and everyone was like oh my god I love this guy but then like nearing the end of his life, all this stuff came out where the kids were conflicted about going back to be with him. And gotcha. I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm nine months pregnant. Like someone has got to like help us. Like we, I'm not going to go. I need, I need the husband to like, we got to have a baby right now, but we need help. And, and it was in the rallying and asking for help mm-hmm. to go back there that a lot of stuff came up and it was totally valid. It mm-hmm. wasn't like you guys are, ungrateful it was like oh this was a really hard parent Mm. this was someone who didn't do the right thing Mm -hmm. most of the time or maybe up until just like the last 10 years he did the right thing but Mm -hmm. like for the you know 50 years before that right and it's like super complicated so that was really fascinating to me and and they are the funniest people that I've ever met my family and so I th- one thing I learned from that experience is like, if you bring the funny five of the funniest people that, you know, into the shittiest situation, it's still <laughs> hilarious, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And fun. Like, I think a lot of people re- remember those times where you go back for the departure of a family member as the worst and also the best times because you connect the most mm-hmm. with the people that you love. Mm-hmm. And that was really fascinating to me. And also inappropriate laughter that happens in these yeah. moments. Like when you're crying at the funeral or you're laughing at the funeral and you're like, I can't stop. Yeah. <laughs> Those moments of grief and mania mm-hmm. have always fascinated me. I would have completely thought that you came from a family of siblings, just in the way that all the characters connected and the way all of the actors just sort of fed off of each other. I would have never thought you to be an only child. So I did great with yeah, that. Yeah, I think that the, the chemistry me. between everybody was... <laughs> was just kind of what kind of sealed it all for me. I mean, the story's great. Yeah. The technical aspects of the film are, you know, top shelf and like, but the the chemistry with everybody is just so like, it just immerses you in that world, which is really. That's the most important thing. We always say that. I mean, like, you know, we're, yeah, we try to do our best with lighting and you want your cinematography to be beautiful, of course, but it's like, what's the point of having all that if there's no chemistry between all of the actors? And I felt like you guys just did that so so well mm-hmm. and um just that that scene in the beginning with the the one sister who's sort of technologically stunted you know it's just yeah, like yeah. i was laughing so hard because we all know that person you know and i was like oh my god and you know the the frustration that the character is having in that moment of like okay i'm trying to be the responsible person here and let everybody know what's going on and everyone's kind of doing their own thing and um that's i just i just really enjoyed that and it's, I guess, spoilers if you haven't seen it, because we'll be talking about the film. Um, but there were, I don't know, as soon as, as soon as I had, you introduced the mother's character, I was like, something is going to happen. <laughs> there's no way that there's, that this is not a face value thing, like something's going on. But I did not think it was going to be what it was. I will I won't ruin everything. But, you know, when that big reveal comes, it's like, Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. this. But then you could see it. You know, you're like, I could totally see that character, like being this person. But it's just something that you don't expect. Um, and the the um, the tie in with the album photograph. Yeah, 
that was like, I was like, I could totally see that happen. I mean, for me, it was, uh, you know, my mom who was very like hippie and love and this and that, but kind of grew up in, in very traditional households where you were physically reprimanded and it was violent. And so it was always this, like this contradiction of this person who looked apart, but was violent. You yeah. know, and so it was always like what, you know, you, it was always like talking this big game and then having this big secret and everyone loved my mom. You know, it was that kind of thing where you just everyone met her and she was all my friends loved her because she always had weed, you know. So it was like they're like, your mom's so awesome. And I'm like, you don't live with her and you don't know what she's yeah. like, you know. So this film was like, holy crap. Yeah, like I always wanted to have a cool mom. I come from military family so a very different like I I had friends who had cool moms yeah. that were cool at the time but then when you look back you're like oh that actually wasn't cool yeah not so healthy <laughs> yeah it was like maybe enabling pro- definitely illegal and like not cool right and and then um yeah it's like we when we're young we long for cool parents and then I don't I don't have cool parents and so now I'm like oh I guess they were fine like they were great. <laughs> never they mind did the job of parenting they were lame uh, they were jerks they made me stay in and yeah like, yeah you know lectured that was great I'm fine with that like see you know um but it is hard I think when you have cool parents and everyone loves your parent and you're like yeah I don't want to be the one to spoil this for mm-hmm. you so I'm just gonna quietly keep it to myself yeah but yeah. everyone would usually see it at some point or another it would come out and they'd go like oh i'm like <laughs> i knew you'd see it eventually you'd get that you know but um it's i also just we think that we're special with our family dysfunction and then you're like no every family's totally it, yeah yeah everyone everyone's got their dysfunction at different levels and in different ways but yeah everyone's yeah. got it yeah for sure for sure. So that, I mean, that must've been like a real, um, just sort of like a, a, a shock to the system being an only child and then marrying somebody who has such a huge family. Like what was that transition like? It was awesome. It was like being at a party the only time, but I, I mean, I was always with like the immediate kind of nuclear family of like five, mm-hmm. five, um, siblings and, uh, and then like the spouses and then the children of them. So that was like, really fun but it would get really intense when you would go back to the hometown and Mm -hmm. it would be like 10x that yeah you're just like in a room and there's just like it goes from like 12 people like happily coexisting to like like a lot and Mm -hmm. then you you, there's like no room to just like you find yourself just not ever being alone yeah that chaos like i would just like walk into a closet and stand there just to like Because it's a really charismatic crew too, mm. where it's like really engaged and really charismatic. Sometimes I, 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 this is my own thing where I just like get charisma overwhelm where I'm like, I need to like stare at a wall and not hear any jokes for like 17 minutes. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> so how did your husband feel about you writing this then? Or how did that so come we, about? Yeah. It was a lot of talking. It was a lot of talking with the whole family. Of just like, how do you feel about this? I was inspired by this experience. Um, and what you were saying about the I, I got permission and blessings from everyone in the in the fam in the nuclear family mm-hmm. who it was inspired by. And then we just started making other shit up. Like we made up 
all the twists were there were real life twists but that so it was a very truthful emotional arc mm-hmm. but the 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 devices used in the film are different right. or similar well some of them were exactly the same like the trash can part totally real okay but mm-hmm. the photograph not real like there were there yeah. were, we swapped in some but mm-hmm. there was another thing that was like actually very different mm-hmm. but it wouldn't have been a comedy if we had used the real one. Like yeah. we, we had to protect a lot of stuff and right. then we gender bent a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And then all of our cast, um, we did a lot of improvisation. So all the cast was working off of my outline and what the thread and structure of the story and the twists and the kind of weaving of it would be was really clear, mm-hmm. but they filled in so many details from their own personal family dynamics and from their own personal like coming together for the departure of a family member experiences so and they're also just really great actors and improvisers everybody did so well I love them I'm so grateful and like having a like Melanie Hutzel from SNL come and like riff in your movie was just like Mm -hmm. that was just like a spectacular dream come true so Everyone and I this is was the conversation when I talked to the family. I was like, it's like loosely inspired by what we went through, but everyone came and made up their own character and their own personal backstory to the point that it had it was very shifted from my personal reality mm-hmm. experience. And the family was like, Go girl. And they were like pitching ideas. They're like, Oh, what about that one time when dad said this? <laughs> <laughs> so I think I just like lucked into the most incredible family situation. What did what what did they f- think of the movie? They love it. Everyone came out to Austin. It was at South by last year, and then we released it for Mother's Day this year, and um, everyone loved it. They were very proud. So we all came together and hung out, and like they had all these family songs where they would like they had a song to remember the 15 names of the brothers and sisters. There was like a clapping, like, G-R-U-B-G, and then they would be like, Esther, Harry, Sally, Betty, G-R-U-B-B, like, it was so crazy. There was like the whole family lined up of like 20 people. Everyone knew every single note, song, name, and beat. And it was really fast to this song. And it was like, they seemed like they were having a blast. Well, I mean, I'm sure there might have been there. I'm sure that there was probably like some car screaming or phone call crying <laughs> that they were hiding from yeah. us. <laughs> but, well, but overall, it was a success. So that's what that's what matters. Yeah. So you yeah. you wrote, directed and and acted in it. Yeah. Explain. <laughs> how does I mean, how did that how did that go? I love acting and I love uh, filmmaking. So a lot of putting myself in my own things is just a financial and logistical ease maker (laughs) where I'm like, I know I'm going to be available for reshoots. I know that if I like cut it together and something isn't sticking together, I can just throw an ADR or shoot a scene in the bathroom and it'll, I I can fix whatever problems that might come up and I won't have to deal with anyone's like TV filming schedule or Mm -hmm. like stuff. Um, so a lot of that is just like an ease factor. And I really like directing myself. A lot of people are like, how do you direct yourself? And I'm like, it's awesome. I get to be the control freak that I am deep down inside. I can <laughs> see if I could have acted it better whenever I feel like it. Mm-hmm. And I can cut out all the shit that I hate that I do. Like, oh, I'm doing that nose thing or like shut your your, your mouth breathing. So I'm going to cut out that, <laughs> you know? So I love that. I do a lot of annoying things that directors are like, ah, eh, it's fine. And I'm like, it is not fine. <laughs> so I love the freedom to shape 
shape it a little bit more. That seems and, to be like the universal move. That's that's always our move. And and my when I write a script and and I give myself the lead, I always say, I would love to play a supporting role, but I don't have to pay me. And I know yeah. that I'm available. So I give myself the lead. I mean, I love I'm an actor, so I love to act, but it's still just like, you know, we're working on micro budgets here and usually most of it's our own money. So I, I can't afford to cast somebody that I'm going to have to bring back. And we're in upstate. So it's like a lot of our actors come from the city. So it's now it's like, all right, well, now we got to pay their train fare to come all the way up here to say three lines into a mic and then send them back home. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's like, you know, it's funny that that's, that just seems to be the way that it works. It, it is, it's, you love what you do. You love acting, but it's also out of necessity. Mm-hmm. Otherwise yeah, you're not like, getting it done. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fun working with other directors. Like it's always awesome. And that's just like getting to hang out and, I mean, I'm not like always silently judging every other uh, director. It's always really fun and exciting when someone wants to like write something about you or or do a thing with you. But mm-hmm. I just know like at the end of the day, it's nice to just be able to. It's nice when also people are open to you seeing the dailies mm-hmm. and be like, oh, can I do a test? But often there's just not time for that. Mm-hmm. Even on my own sets, there's often not time for it. And you just are like, how is that? Is that kind of good? <laughs> Any, you know, using yeah. the room to shape your performance. Yeah. Do you have any questions there, bud? Yeah, I was just curious about like the how the like are you a filmmaker that is technically savvy or do you did you bring in people to kind of fish through that kind of side of it all? Like cameras and lenses and lights and what this and that and the, like I know you have your oh, artistic vision. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I hate stuff. So I just hired I hired as like a grandiose like I partnered with a DP, Mina Singh, who had shot a bunch of stuff on Netflix and uh, she'd start, she saw a Netflix series a couple seasons and then she'd done stuff for Warner Brothers. And she, I directed a series with her that we did um, for John Avnet and Rodrigo Garcia. John Avnet did like Risky Business and Less Than Zero and mm-hmm. Fried Green Tomatoes, which 80s and 90s hit. God, I love Less Than Zero. He directed it. I love that He's movie. the boss. I always mention that movie and people are like, what? I'm like, how do you not know what I'm talking about? It's like one of the greatest movies like, in that Watch decade. Robert Downey Jr. bottom out in so hard his 20s <laughs> yeah. thing. but more, then he uh, came back autobiography than anything. <laughs> yeah uh, an autobiography but one of my favorite mm-hmm. roles of him when people talk about robert downey jr i always say less than zero and i don't understand how more people don't no two really... girls and a guy well whatever i guess oh. that's good too but <laughs> i really liked heart and souls which is such a dorky reference, yeah. but there's this 90s yes. movie where he was surrounded by the ghosts. I do remember that childhood. And then they helped him like find love. I, I totally remember that movie. Yeah. That's funny. I cry just thinking about that movie. It's such a dumb 90s thing. But it I was a good like, one. I do remember liking it. I remember there was like a, what, was one of them like a bus driver or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> never it's saw all it. the people who died in a bus crash mm-hmm. the day he was born in a car, like on the side of the road and their souls like went into him somehow when they were leaving earth and, um, through him, they had the ability to gain closure on the un- untied strings of their life. And he oh. helped them find closure in their life and they helped him find love in his life. Get a scene. It was really it's sweet. Yeah. It's a good movie. Yeah. Pulls at the heartstrings. Yeah. But he gets possessed by each of the characters. Yeah. And it's, he acts as balls he, Yeah, he acts like, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, so I interrupted you with that. Okay, so you got your DP. <laughs> so, okay, so we did a series together where we shot 35 micro documentary episodes, like 
in like we would shoot five episodes a day with two hour blocks with like five subjects a day, two hours per subject. And we were able to crank it out. Every subject like laid their soul on the table and cried. And it was really intense. So we would like set it up and then it was like, give me your soul or like everyone would cry. Like Mina, me, the PA who was running sound and moving all of our gear, like everyone cried. And then we would go do it again, like five times in a row. Wow. We we did uh, 35 episodes of that. So it was only like seven or nine days of shooting all in, but we loved each other and we worked really agilely and she shot so beautifully and um, we just loved each other. We traveled around together. We like flew to San Francisco and drove around the coast. And um, so she was available and interested in shooting this movie. And so she came on board and she is just the master and Lord of all the lenses and and the look. (laughs) So I was the, I was the performance and truth specialist. And then she was the specialist of look and how to get it. And Mm -hmm. I had never done much handheld. I hadn't edited much handheld. So it was, that was a big um, leap for me. Technically was just learning how to cut together handheld stuff and capture it. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. she was the driver. She was the master of all that. Did you have a look that you knew you wanted or did you leave that to her? We knew we were going to have cranked slow-mo transitions and it was something that we'd done before. So it was like whenever we were kind of passively hanging out or when we were easing into filming, we just filmed a lot of B-roll that was like super like 120 frames per second shot um, of each character just settling into the house, mm-hmm. and like sniffing, snooping around. Um and that was a really friendly and easy, smooth way to like ease into shooting. And then we also were just like, anytime setups were changing, we had two cameras and we crash shot everything. So when we were changing setups, we would just send someone with a camera to follow around a cast member and get over, over cranked like B-roll. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Okay. It's very like proficient. Yeah. Like, yeah. Really, how, yeah. how long was the shoot? Yeah. 11 days. Oh, oh wow. wow. <laughs> That's impressive. impressive. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot to shoot. So then, yeah, we did two days of pickups. Nice. So then, speaking of editing, what was that process like? So I have an editing background, mm-hmm. so I was prepared. I feel like when you're shooting with your cast, everyone's like pitching ideas and super excited, and then at a certain point, you're just like, "I need this." Because yeah. you're gonna go do a TV show in South Carolina with Stephen King, and I'm gonna be alone in a <sighs> fucking bunker (laughs) this footage wishing that i had really gotten what i needed right now today so just i need at this point i need you to just please do this and everyone was really sweet and did it they're like that's not how it's gonna be and i was like that is how it's gonna be yeah it's fine yeah so just let's just deal with it now rather than fuck it up late for later yeah because you had Um, mentioned that people were um you had them like riffing a lot so trying to cut a performance if you wanted to because we've done that too trying to cut a performance or or something when people are improvising and then you know you have the reverse i mean you shot cross so that probably helped a lot but trying to you know sculpt a performance out of um single cameras yeah can be tricky even even cross time yeah cross shooting helps with improv immensely and time Mm -hmm. yeah and it's, it's so much more fun to edit if you get good jokes and you find like a vibe. It's so much easier to cut. You together, actually have but... you actually have the other side of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're not having to try to make sense of that scene now. Mm-hmm. One day. 
we shot one thing that way because uh, it was a, a highly emotional scene and I didn't I wanted the the yeah. actors to kind of really just go for it and you know I didn't want somebody to kind of just be there for the other actor but then not be able to get there again also like the first <clears throat> time I did a really emotional scene and I wasn't entirely confident and so i was like i don't know how many times i can give this to you you know and it you'll wound... give it to me as many times as i need <laughs> it it wound <laughs> up like kind of being like think like the first take like it but i didn't know that that was going to happen and i was just so worried because i was like what if i can't you know crank out the tears like i want and you know we're wasting time and stuff and so like that's those for those scenes especially I, I would love to be able to do that at some point yeah. um what were you shooting on in that scene well, that one oh, I think God. was our DSLR days. So we yeah, had, that was way back. We had two DSLRs. Yeah, but at the last, the last film that we just did, yet again, another like I had a scene where I had to break down, and I thought the same thing. I was like, all right, we really that that time we made sure to actually kind of rehearse it more, and then I found myself well, yeah, for the first it. time actually just at home months before we started shooting it, I would just sit and play that scene out. That if somebody was passing by the house, they would think that I was having a nervous breakdown because mm. all you hear is me bawling in the house. But because I wanted to like almost have it be second nature, like you need to turn the waterworks on now because we only had one camera and limited time. I was like, I, I got I to get this done. <laughs> like, this is, How did it work for you? How was that process? It's really. Um, did, it, I, did it work for you? It did. Like, it did. Because I. I. I start to, um, I kind of have a process when it comes to emotional, emotional scenes where I will match them up to music. So mm -hmm. I have headphones on. And so it's gotten to a point where if I listen to a specific song, I already have it, which ruins that song for me when it's not filming. Yep. Exactly. I used to cry to that. I just like sit around and cry to that. Like, <laughs> like so much that they made an SNL skit, right? Like everyone cried to that. Anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those, those, those songs are ruined for me now. I can't listen to them, uh, listen to them on my own. Cause then they, they make me depressed, but um, that was just how it would be like, all right, he would be setting up the shot and I'd just wander off into the woods with my headphones and I'd be like, all right, I'm there. I, I, I got it. But when we first started doing that, I didn't have a process yet for, doing emotional scenes and i was like i have no idea what i'm doing mm. um now it's isn't it so weird we turn into we become actors because we want to go to that place and do that work and then when we get the job we're like shit yeah. <laughs> what, are we, what are we gonna do i'm gonna fuck it you up. wanted me to cry like on camera why would i do that <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, this is stupid i'm stupid we yeah. are all stupid this is a stupid world yeah there's a really fun um i milana and i were so into brita the woman with the woman who played the oldest sister with mm -hmm. the short orange hair. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, the one who had the technology yes. flaws. And she's such a deep, detailed worker. And we were so just inspired and delighted by her performance and that, that we both signed up to take classes at her acting studio. Oh, cool. And it was really cool to see like the kind of depths to which they plumbed and that teacher, Diana Castle, is awesome. She's actually doing online Zoom classes. You, should, you oh, can really? explore taking that uh, seminar if it's Interesting. like there's bandwidth and interest. But Diana Castle is so cool. And she really advocates for like working an hour uninterrupted every single day on your acting. Like whatever it is that you're doing, just practicing 
every day. Mm-hmm. And um, it was amazing class. And there was great work coming out of that class. But I did find that when I was doing that, um, I was able to like do stuff that I w- was a lot more threatened by in other like chapters of my life, like including this movie. I was mm-hmm. like, shit, am I going to be able to pull this off? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the ultimate artist thing, you know, of Always. just the insecurity of it all. You know, you spend yeah. your, you spend so much time building something or creating something. And then when it comes time to do it or show the world or whatever, it's all of a sudden you're like, nope, this is not happening. That's what drives <laughs> me, though. I love I mean, I don't love I don't love fucking up, but I love when I can recognize when I fucked something up and I can mm-hmm. see a, a role that I played and go, oh. I know what I did wrong. Now I know what That's not what, yeah. to do, you yeah. know, because it's all this learning process where it's like, I don't sit there and harp on. I mean, I've had performances that I'm like, I don't even want to talk about that movie. You know, because I just don't even, it was just not, I, I wasn't there and it didn't work. But if I didn't have that experience, I wouldn't know what direction to go in. So it's all, even the bad ones are, it's a good mm-hmm. experience, especially as an actor. It's like, I, I need to see that to know what I've done wrong. And that's, you know, that's why now I can put on a pair of headphones and, ball my eyes out and be like cut and I'm like what's for lunch and not have to be in a corner rocking because I it's completely separate I that's like the main thing when people always say how do you cry like that do you think of something sad I'm like no because I wouldn't work anymore you know there's just so many times you can think of a dead puppy it's not even sad at at some point you know because (laughs) it's not it's such a different thing and I know everybody's different but for me that just thinking of sad things I've I've had so many years of working through that sadness that it doesn't I can't pull from that anymore I have to go yeah. other places you know and so uh, that's I, that's what I love about every single role is just you learn more about yourself and how you react to things and you know it's I don't know it's a process mm-hmm. did you start out acting though okay mm-hmm. so you started as an actor mm-hmm. that's it's funny what you're saying is bringing up a thing that I really liked about that class when I was taking it that is like the mentality work was just as big a part of the acting work Mm -hmm. so the mentality and resilience of just being in the film industry and just of being a creative person and of uh, self-critic and uh, perfectionism and all those things that are inherent to any any creative venture and like she would uh, really reinforce like that every day you had to read like one of these books on the list to talk about the mentality of one of the, there was, there was, I remembered like I'd done a podcast where I went in and I, I talked to Brita about this and, and Brita was like, Oh, you invented a hierarchy. You created a false hierarchy in your imagination and you put them at the top and you put yourself at the bottom. Whereas, and she was like, I did this on a job recently and I talked to Diana, I, I like 911 called her Diana <laughs> Castle, like from the set. And Diana was like, you created a false hierarchy, putting yourself at the bottom of it, because there isn't a pyramid. Mm-hmm. It's like in your, you did that, like you are all people telling a story. Mm-hmm. And the story is the only thing that's at the top of anything. It's like one, there's one thing, the story that we are all in service to. And it's not about us. It's about how do we relate to the audience and an empathy exchange Mm -hmm. and and like it's you're the last thing that it's about and also they're the last thing it's about the story is the only thing that is key and where's where's the truth in that and like by by generating and really connecting to that truth like any audition is just like you're helping the person tell the story that they wrote Mm -hmm. and like the idea that the story is in the room 
I just love like riffing on the shit that she talks about because it gets you out of your head and yeah. out of that like judgment or self like I pu- punish it like all these cycles that we get into in mm-hmm. creativity and it's like oh what's the most honest like what's the most honest expression of a person who like went through like various forms of abuse and neglect and like what's a funny way or like a really truthful way for it to come out that might play as funny mm-hmm. and I remember like Brita coming up with the line when we were shooting the um party scene and and like a guest came up and improvised a scene where he was like, I just want to thank you for taking care of me. When I got that concussion and crashed your car, you didn't get mad about the car. You just like took me to the hospital and you made sure I was okay. And I needed someone to look after me to, mm-hmm. to make sure I woke up. And that was you. And then Brita was like, Oh, I got a good one. And then she, she just like riffed. She was like, Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And then, um, Cause mom was taking care of uncle Brian. I had to take care of you guys and I missed school and I um, had to repeat fifth grade. <laughs> 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 and like she took it, you know, it could have been in a place where she's like, damn it. How can I think of a story like that? Right. as good. But instead she was like, how can I think of like what the reality of that neglect is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And still find that and still find the, the comedy in that. Yeah. And uh, I'm just like, I, I I like, I think when I started acting, I was a lot more insecure and competitive and um, not like just like coming at it with like fists of blazing as opposed to this place where now it's more like my hands are, I don't know, like, like ri- you can't really see like, it's yeah. more like wrist up, yeah. you know, like, how can I be a, how can I help you? And um, that mentality has been really fun. I don't know, like, if it's made my acting much better or not. <laughs> well, I, you, I shot something in December. I'm like, we'll see. I have to get it. You're, That's what I'm doing right your now. character was, it's, I have a, a, a huge pet peeve of mine is when I just, I'm not feeling a connection and I don't feel uh, that, that a character is genuine. Or that it seems like they're acting, you know, because the, what the worst thing you can tell somebody is act natural. That's the worst thing you can say, because automatically people are trying to act another way and nobody ever yeah. really defaults back to what natural actually is. And so the, that's why I had said the, 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 the chemistry between you guys was so natural and it was believable. And I was like, I believe that these are siblings and I believe their experiences with each other. And, um, you know, that that resentment that hasn't really been spoken about, but obviously affects the whole relationship and, you know, just different people because we're all so different, you know, even as siblings, you always, I think with groups like that, there's always like the two siblings that are a little closer than everyone else and this and that. And then there's that resentment that kind of comes into that, or you guys were always against us or this and that. And, um, I just, I thought, I thought you did a great job. I mean, I loved it. I, I really, um, I, I have, I have a, a, there's a special place in my heart for uh, writer directors mm-hmm. because I feel like no one's going to get that out the way you do. If somebody writes a story and as a director, I take it, I'm looking at it from a completely different perspective. I didn't write this. So it's, there's always like a real, like genuine aspect to a story when it's a writer director. I feel like you get it because you created it. You know what that world is supposed to look like. You know how it's supposed to, sort of um make other people feel versus someone's perception of that this is my perception of what the story would be like yeah you know it's 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 much more personal that way Mm -hmm. i don't think i i'm i 
I can't direct. I'm wearing too many hats already. That's your job. Yeah. <laughs> I got to yeah. hand but it I over. But I think like as a director, it's your responsibility to, I mean, this is just me. I'm not saying that director should be this way, but for me, it's, it's my responsibility to put that story at the top and to take what you've written. You know, I'm lucky enough to be involved in that process and I know where your head's at and I know what you were thinking and we talk about it mm. at nauseum and we just, we just, we know the story front and back. So it's, I didn't write it, but I, I feel more connected to it than if someone handed me a script and said, go make this or whatever. So yeah. I guess I'm not really a, a good case for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're involved. I, th- I think like, especially if you're with a partner and you know, the emotional, like you live the emotional mm. story of it with your partner. Cause you're empathetic. Like you love the, your person, you know, yeah. and that in some ways is kind of similar to what we did with mother's little helpers, where it was really like my husband's, story Mm -hmm. but i was there living it with them i was in the emotional fuck it fuck of it you know so it feels like it's easy i think to personalize your partner's thing and take it on as your because it is your story at a certain point so Mm -hmm. i think Mm -hmm. there's a valid case for you know on the cusp of writer director dumb if the story is that of your spouse yeah yeah, possibly. Even though they're the writer. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but I, but I, I think it's important to have, to, to continue, even if it, they're not, it's important, again, for me to, if I was directing a, a story that didn't come from her, came from someone else, I would want to get inside the head and, and not take the story and, and put my spin on it, because that's going to happen no matter what I do. But I just want to take as much as I can from that. I mean, this is the material. I'm doing it for a reason. I'm drawn to it. So I want to live in that world and I want to create exactly what they wanted. And naturally it's going to come out in my voice because I'm Mm. doing it. So there's nothing I, I don't, I'm not really too concerned with what my stuff should look like because that's going to happen. You know, I think people get hung up on style and all this sort of stuff. Just make what you think you need to make and then kind of, you know, it, that then becomes your thing, I guess, if, if, if you have a thing. What did you guys shoot on? Did we ask? Did we? Area mirrors. Okay. We crash out on area mirrors. We use lenses, whatever Charles Papert gave us. <laughs> Nina asked for, and our producer, Eva Kim and Tammy Sanchez delivered, but I don't even know. Like, I think we use some zoom sometimes, mm-hmm. but like we had a lot of group scenes. So we would cover the group scenes, like sometimes like a two E and a three year, we'd have a five shot and then a swingle or yeah. Like we had to cover a lot, like five person improv scenes are a lot. It's I can a, imagine, fair, yeah. but that's got to be so much fun as an actor. That's so much fun. Well, it's no, really fun. Yeah. Well, yeah, as when you, cause it's for you, it's a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> for like, me, I would love to do film, that. Our last film, we had a table scene with five people and, you know, it was scripted, but you know, there was, I like to let the, the actors kind of go if, if they're feeling something or something's happening. I do not want to get involved. I don't want to interrupt that process because they didn't say, uh, instead of the, or something, you know, in mm-hmm. the script or whatever, obviously, but you know, um, trying to recreate that, every, you know, with one camera every single time on every person and then the, why, you know, all that stuff, it's, it's tricky then to go in and find those moments later in the cut mm-hmm. and make sense of yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. You know, you asked about editing really fast and I wanted to answer it because yeah. it's like so important. And that was why we were able to be so loose on set is mm-hmm. because I was like, Ultimately, I'm going to end up cutting it alone in a room. And I wasn't actually alone in a room. Um, I had an editor. I had so, I had a lot of editors who helped me. There's this guy named Adam Reddick who came mm-hmm. on. And my producer and I, like, synced it. Mm-hmm. Tammy and I synced it. 
and Adam helped sync it as well. He did a lot of syncing. And then Adam assembled a bunch of stuff in Premiere. Then we got accepted to this program called the Edit Center in Gowanus, Brooklyn, where they cut your whole feature film for free. They use it as source material in a class. And they cut Beasts of the Southern Wild and Winter's Bone and all these great Oh, nice. And they that class, it's like an editing lab where they workshop your footage. And then we took the footage. The Edit Center. Oh, the Edit Center in Gowanus. Yeah, you should. The only thing that sucked is they cut it in Avid because that's what they were teaching, but we had already set everything up in Premiere and I know mm. how to use oh, Premiere. Okay, yeah. And I don't know how to, and Avid is very different from Premiere, like from a friendliness, Castro Pantera perspective. <laughs> so we had, we got all these great scenes that we ended up using in the movie, but we had, in order to have our real editor, Alex McKenzie, put the whole movie together. Say we got like five or 10 scenes that we used verbatim. There were still like, 25 other scenes that we needed that were already in premiere and we had to do all the transitions. So we had to suck the thing from Avid manually into premiere, like all the video opened in premiere, but none of the audio did. So we tried for a week, every single desperate like path to reverse engineer it. We ultimately had to get some assistant editors to manually resync the audio of the whole movie over the course of two days. Wow. And oh, they okay. did. And <laughs> wow. they kicked ass. I mean, we were like grinding it. They were like very, very long 20 hour days where we just did it. Wow. And then Alex McKenzie showed up on Monday with like his whole thing. And then he like boarded out the movie and restructured some things and saw some gaps and had requests for reshoots. And he just cranked on it for three weeks. And it was this amazing in order to hit our festival application deadline. So how like, is that? How is that? Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, how is that? Uh, How's that going for you now with all of this going on in terms of like film fests and stuff? Oh, yeah. How's what going? How like is since so much stuff has been canceled or postponed or like what's the plan, mm-hmm. I guess? I mean, we were bummed. We wanted to we were going to play in L.A. at the Alamo Draft House for uh, like a like a limited theatrical run. And mm-hmm. then we had all these plans to tour select cities nationwide in New York and all these places and like throw events. So it sucks to have your theatrical run canceled because of a pandemic, but I mean, it sucks way less than having like your whole family die because they right? got like, some <laughs> yeah. disease. Yeah. So it was like boohoo, you know, it's a yeah. fun time to like release something on VOD. We just pivoted to doing stuff like this, like doing podcasts and stuff. And it's actually really fun because we get to have a broader geographical like connection with like other filmmakers mm-hmm. and, creators across the country yeah and uh i just have to like wake up and dial in and that's different from driving a tour bus across the country (laughs) and like worrying about flights and all that stuff Mm -hmm. yeah but um you know there is like a sense of like loss or whatever but i think it's just made it be a really longer rollout than we expected sure yeah we thought we were gonna like hit it may may first second third launch May 5th and then like do a thing for Mother's Day and it was done and now it's kind of like going through jello <laughs> um, but it's not like we're doing any that much else like I'm re- I'm getting ready to shoot a movie as soon as like it's safe to mm-hmm. and uh, we just like have rehearsals and calls with the writer and producer this is like a hired director gig and writing the next thing and editing stuff that we shot in December so I mean it's great it's like kind of living a dream of just getting to like talk about the movie and find our audience. Yeah. Yeah. What, so you had, um, you kind of answered my next question, which was what else you were going to be working on and what you can say about it, I guess. Or do you have anything else? 
Yeah, like the movie that I'm directing next was already going to be like a summer camp lockdown shoot. Mm -hmm. So it's actually pretty well suited for this time in the industry where right now we're navigating like testing and all the ways that one would have to do it safely um, and keep it really small and pared down. We're just like rewrote something so we could just like get rid of day players. So everyone who would be in like the, the lockdown thing. So we'll see. Uh, sometimes I'm like, are we really shooting this or are we just like, isn't it so cute that we're pretending that we're shooting? (laughs) (laughs) But you know, we have got nothing but time at this point to work on it. And, um, and then the cast of mother's little helpers and I shot something in December. We shot a pilot and, uh, we're editing that. Like we had had a rough cut in January and then Milana got a job and she did a comedy central thing. And then we were delivering the movie to gravitas ventures and Mm -hmm. there was a bunch of stuff to do. So we all like, didn't, but now I'm like, I got the drive. I did some reshoots. I got my pickups. I'm like (laughs) scoring and cutting. So that's a really fun thing. And then there's another script that's in development that uh, I'm rewriting. Nice. That's awesome. Keep them busy during this time. That's great. And I'm homeschooling a four-year-old and seven-year-old. So the rewrite is the thing that's like, top of mind the most there's a lot of guilt there's a lot of guilt i would say like i feel like i'm not actually delivering enough on all of those things at any one point in time but there's a lot of articles going around right now that are like don't feel like you need to write the great american novel right now while the your boat is sinking like yeah yeah. (laughs) but i don't know i still feel like I, you know, one of the, I have these amazing friends that kick me in the ass, like Milana Weintraub, who's badass. She's fucking like wrote all those AT&T spots and pitched them. Did she really? And then directed them and starred in them in her house. Yeah. Like that. I actually, I that. I actually started, that. started watching that. Um, let's talk about something more interesting or something like that, that she did. Yeah. So I used to watch that with her and, um, I remember Stevie. Yeah. yeah. I remember you. Um, I always thought those were really funny. So I, I actually have sort of followed her career a little bit. So um, because I, I always thought, especially in those shows, that those those two were just so funny and could just riff and was, was just amazing. And, and I was like, I don't know, I found it really it's my taste, you know, like in, in comedy and stuff. So I uh, when the AT&T commercials came out and and, and, and everything, I yeah, just I remember being I found like, that's the girl in that show that you watch. Yeah. And I was like, what, what is she doing? And I was like, that's that's so yeah. cool. So, yeah. Yeah. So you see people like Milana, like kicking ass and like launching a national commercial campaign. Now, granted, it's more like a one in a, like how many people are the brand face of like spokesperson of a major thing and Mm -hmm. happen to be directors and have been kicking ass and working their ass off for so many years. Like if anyone deserves that success, it's her because she is totally self-made. I mean, she created all those opportunities. Like the reason the AT&T spots went in the first place was because they did well on the internet because she made, let's talk about something more interesting, which she cut, edited, directed, and like mm-hmm. did. And like, she like ran into, she told me this amazing story. I think we were there at the same party, but she really put it to better use than anyone else I know. What was the guy who's um, Better Call Saul? Who's that actor? Oh. oh. Um, uh, 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 it's going to drive me nuts now. I know. I can't, made, I can't let stuff like that go because then it, it... Let's talk about something more interesting. And they just made jokes about him being really old the whole time. And they were like, <laughs> oh. And they like took his pulse. Oh, Bob Odenkirk. He, Bob Odenkirk. They had Bob Odenkirk on. 
and just like ripped into him for being old as shit and like took his pulse. They'd like put their hand on his neck and like check his wrist while he was talking to make sure he wasn't dying and like offered him Werther's originals. And when he came in to sit down, they both like grabbed his arm to help him gently sit (laughs) and insulted him. And the way they got him on that show is it was a party we were both at and she uh, was like, hey, you should be on. They were in a circle. And she's like, I have a show. You should be a guest on my show. And it was like a bro comedy writer, like power circle that she was in. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, yeah, is she funny? And he asked like some guy standing in the circle. And he was like, yeah. And he was like, all right, you can reach out to my people. And she was like, I don't even know if my friend who vouched for me knew if I was funny or not, or if he was just like being a pro- like polite, because it would have been really awkward if he was like, nah. But <laughs> yeah. like, she's she right. did everything, and like, she is a huge like inspiration to me and my filmmaking, and also like a bit of a, it's hard having your like, it's hard having friends kicking so much ass like in quarantine. When everyone's like, you don't need to write the great American novel, and I'm like, I don't know, I kind of feel like, yeah, I fucking should. Says who? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everybody else is. Yeah. 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 So it's a weird ass time right now, man. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Like, I, I feel like. You know, I'm I'm lucky enough to be able to work from home, so uh, for my day job. But I still feel like I need to learn a new skill. I need to keep practicing this, practicing. Like, I need to do something. You know, there's the, you know, there's the cabin fever aspect of it all, where you just need to do something. But then there's also the, the being on the internet and seeing things people are making and you're like, who's that? Um, David Sandberg or is it David Sandberg? The the director of, he just did, uh, he did like lights out and I think he just did um, Shazam. Mm-hmm. You know, he's stuck in court. And he's making movies oh, with his wife at home, he's, wife, you yeah. know, and it's like, you see stuff like that and you're like, what? Like I need to make the most amazing stuff right now. Apparently let's, let's do this. Yeah. What's my problem? <laughs> yeah. And I thought the same thing too. I'm like, I'm, I'm always complaining about, you know, I have like a script that like I'm the kind of person that if there's an idea in there, even if I have no intention of filming it, I have to write the script because then it bugs me and I think about it every day. And so it's like, you know, it's like it becomes its own little entity and it's like, I must be written. I'm like, fine, I write it and then I'll shelf it because I'm like, I don't even I'm not making this now, but just get out. And I'm like, how is it that that one of those annoying little bastards hasn't come into my mind in the past three mm-hmm. months now that there's the time to just sit and write? It, mm-hmm. There's just so much. I'm battling my anxiety. So I'm like not being creative enough at the moment. Yeah. There's that pressure. I've been like staring at plants. And honestly, <laughs> like, I, there's a plant that I just stare at. And I'm like, how do I? And I'm like treating the plant as an extension of my personality. And I'm yeah. like, well, like hammering it or like over plucking it or like overwatering it. It's just like, you just got to fucking like spritz it down and kind of love it. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to, I noticed that in my creative work that I go through this like very like classic graph of like, I start out with an idea. It's super inspiring. I get it together. I pitch it. I people don't tell me I'm a genius and write me checks at the first time that I say it to anyone. So then I presume that I'm a piece of garbage and like crawl into a hole and die. And then I forget about it. And then a year later I bring it up and people are like, Oh, I love it. And like I wanna eliminate that part where I give up or like go through the the emotional like heist of Mm -hmm. like that 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 story I think can be rewritten a little bit where it's like or we just like keep pitching it another 20 more times yeah yeah as opposed to just twice or three times and like think that we have not succeeded because it didn't get the like hits on the three times but there there is a gentleness of like when you give up on something temporarily 
then it's like the roots thing and then it grows in a little tree and then you walk out and you're like oh shit there's a fucking tree there <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> i didn't even do that uh, yeah 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 and and so sometimes like it's like that. the opposite where you come back to it and you're like what was i thinking with this i can make this way better now but you just weren't in the headspace initially but that was the most relative thing that i've ever heard is like i you know sometimes i think of something and i'm like this is going to be amazing and i pitch it to him and he's like it's good i'm like well <laughs> you didn't cry immediately when you yeah, read you're not that laughing one right now, scene so. so obviously it's not <laughs> emotional enough and i should just throw it out <laughs> i do that all the time i, I do that like, a lot with uh with film fest lately because we'll get like um you know you get like two or three rejections then you're like, oh, well, you know, I guess we had a good run. And then you win one. You're like, how did that Wait, happen? I'm great again. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, like all the festivals where we had the most stuff were the ones that I was like, oh, shit. Like I had given up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it's so funny how that works. Yeah. So there is like a little bit of magic to just chilling out is mm-hmm. what I mean. It's like, but I don't think it needs to be quite so dramatic. as like I've given up and I'm trying to like fix that part of my situation and just be like, I don't know. I'm just going to like chill out for a couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to stare at this plant a little longer. Yeah. yeah stare wait till it gives me something yeah. different. Yeah. I hear you. Well, it was awesome having you on. It was awesome being here on a Saturday I don't know when this is going to run. So tomorrow, Sunday. Well, Sunday so, Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. yeah like mm-hmm. it's a good Memorial Day weekend treat. And thank you yeah. for this opportunity. Absolutely. I'm so I'll glad say, that yeah. you came on because I was like, I want to talk about this movie, but I want to see if she'll come on to talk about the movie. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've had such like it's so it's so random. Sometimes people have come on the show that we're like, that person's not going to want to come on our show. <laughs> you know? And they're like, yeah, sure. And we're like, oh, shit. All right. Yeah, this is happening. Cool, yep. cool. Um, and, you know, it's just learning different things from everybody, which is everybody's the, the filmmaking process is it's, you know, cohesive in one way. But then everybody sort of has their own style and just learning people's stuff, what works for one person and another. And mm-hmm. um, so it's always it's the good closest talking. we can be to being on a set and learning without actually being there. Yeah, especially now since we're all right. like well, learning yeah, how to I mean. become yeah. filmmakers in a different world. Yeah, um, and just adapting to it. It's all it's the best we could do. Um, and everybody's got time. <laughs> yeah, but we gotta we gotta tune in with our plants. I'm gonna say I'm gonna take her advice. Start staring at my plants and see if they yeah. give me something because the self deprecation is not working just for me. Missed it. I just started <laughs> misting a plant every day. And it's like part of my thing. And I tell you where the shoots go out. And if there's like junk or like a caterpillar or someone starts eating it, I'm like, fuck you, man. <laughs> I got like Coors Light. I had a like an ancient Coors Light in my fridge. And I was like, something was chomping the leaves. It was like killing the plant. And I got Coors Light and put it in a cup next to my plant. And it's a slug trap. And I oh. like it turned into like Howard Hughes. I'm like <laughs> murdering slugs and spraying it. So I'd say look for slugs, make a Coors Light trap and like, but spritz it every day because they like to be cleaned and like receive the sun. It gets the junk off the leaves. Yeah. And then it's also a metaphor for your soul. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) For the inner writer. Um, That's awesome. (laughs) Um, Well, we'll definitely be looking forward to your next project. Um, I mean, if you obviously we're going to have the links for everything. If you haven't seen um, this is all it's on VOD, right? How did we see this? Oh, yeah. Mother's Little Helpers. So all the links for it are on motherslittlehelpers.co. Okay. And Mother's Little's Mother's Little Helpers on Instagram. And um, but I think 
iTunes and Amazon are the key spots to get it. So I, th- okay. I recommend watching it on Amazon right now. Very nice. good. And we'll be in touch. And, you know, when your next project comes through, hopefully we'll come back on and we can I'd talk. Like we could see where our plants have gone. Yeah. <laughs> and we can compare the inner plant. Yeah. Thank you so great. much for being on, Kestrin. Thank you. Bye. That was the lovely Kestrin Pantera. Yep. That's such a, like, B.A. name. Yeah. I wish my name was Kestrin Pantera. I meant to ask her if that was her given name. Damn it. Yeah, well. <laughs> either, way, either way, it works. Yeah. That's cooler than most. So I was really glad that she that she did reach out because mm-hmm. um, uh, I, I wanted to talk to her about that film. Yeah. That was amazing. You got to check that film you out. Gotta, if you you got to check it out. We'll it's, have all the linkage. Yeah. But it's uh, Mother's Little Helper. Mm-hmm. Little Helpers? Uh, helpers. Yeah. Plural? Yeah. There's... I believe. You think I'd know that. Um, yeah. So. It was good. It was good. It was good. It was good. It was really good. Learned a lot of stuff. Um mm-hmm. About, you know, we, we chat just in case anyone's wondering, we usually do like a little chat with our guests afterwards. So uh, there were like moments where I was like, damn, we should be recording this. Mm. <laughs> there was other good information. But... Usually what ha- it's usually what happens because then we end up saying goodbye, but then we just want to chat because they're cool people and yeah. you just get into yeah. stuff and you're like, oh, should have recorded it. But yeah. she shares the, um, the actors, the actor writer brain. Yeah, I, mean, I don't get to because we, we usually have like actors or writers on mm-hmm. writer directors, but we don't I don't know if we've had an actor writer on an actor writer. Um, oh. I don't get to talk to a lot of those those folks. Yeah. And so when I find one, I'm like, oh, 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 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to mm-hmm. pick your brain. Yeah, I want to pick your brain. I could totally relate to that. Um, we were talking a little bit about we talked a little about it when she was on but when we were talking to her on our own um we're just like getting into that sort of like self-deprecating cycle that you get into as a writer when you write something and if you don't have this amazing reaction immediately when someone reads it you're like well it's garbage obviously yeah wait this isn't the best thing you've ever read in your entire life well i'll give up well then i guess i should just stop writing i'm gonna just sell my laptop um yeah i have those it's so it's so weird because sometimes it's stuff that I'm like, I don't really know about this. And it's the concept you take to the most. And then the thing that I'm excited about, you're like, it's good. I'm like, just good. It's not great. You don't want to film this right now. I know. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this was another thing that uh, I figured we would kind of get into. I am um, newly unemployed. <laughs> Yay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's this cruel irony where over the past couple of months, I've not, I had just kind of gone back to work for a short period and now I'm pretty much done and, uh, there's no work for me to go back to. But before that I hadn't worked in like two months almost. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to figure out why I hadn't written 14 scripts in that time. Yeah, I don't understand. Cause like I, I can write like a, 30 page script in a couple days. Right. I've written a 15 page script in like two hours, depending on like what it's the about. And it, yeah, yeah, like the flow, like if, if the stars are aligning and I am feeling it, like I'll just, just hours, I'll just go through and finish yeah. that sucker. But if I go by my sort of schedule on writing, I should have at least, at least in two months written two, th- two, two to three things. Yeah. And it just like, 
I don't know. It's just the anxiety. It's just such an unsure, like weird time. Like the numbers here. No, the numbers there. It's this, it's yeah. that this works. This doesn't work. You just don't, I don't know what the fuck way up <laughs> or down is anymore. And I'm just like, not, it sucks. Yeah. It's like the time that I should be most effectively creating. Mm -hmm. and, and you're not, my brain is not there. Because you don't have anything to distract you. I don't. A lot of times Not that distraction is what, you know, causes the creativity. Yeah, well, I mean, usually, like, I usually write scripts with the TV on, just, yeah. like, something on the background. and like, um, But if I watch one more fucking episode of Friends <laughs> or have yeah. to listen to more COVID news, it's, I just can't anymore. They're just, like, playing the same things over yeah. and over and over again. And our nearly $250 cable bill. Yeah. Fuck that. So I'm going to have to look for background stuff pretty soon because mm -hmm. we're going to, we are definitely cutting that cord because that is not happening. Yeah. You guys crazy? $250? It's a bit excessive. Yeah. We don't have a landline because we're not 90. Yep. And we don't even have all the movie channels. Right. That's a small fortune. Like just HBO. For like basic TV and some extra channels. Yeah. Uh, you guys are nuts. So, uh, we're, I'm going to have to just like learn how to, it's going to be weird to be like, what do I want to write to today? Yeah. Ah, the great outdoors. It's a purposely with John putting Candy. something on versus just putting on whatever in the background. Yeah. Whatever happens it's to be just on. An, it, this intentional distraction. I don't know how the hell to do that. <clears throat> anyway, is there anything else that anything, has anything exciting happened? Not really. We've watched a bunch of stuff, but we're going to push that into the next episode because we mm -hmm. wanted this to be guest episode. And uh, yeah, so um, just like Kestrin did, you know, she reached out to us. She sent us her film. It was awesome. We had her on the show. It's very simple. And then you, yes, I'm talking to you at home listening to this. You can do the same. You can do the same. Yeah. Reach out to us. Show us your stuff. If the stuff's is good and we have something that we can relate to and talk about, we have you on the show. And if it's not good, send it anyway. Check yeah. it out. I mean, we'll check it out, but we may not have you on the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's just mean. Why did you, you're just like setting me up. I'm like, he's setting me up to make me say it. And it's mean. Um, you're a jerk. Mm -hmm. You're just a jerk. Sometimes I wonder why I married you. I don't know. You're lucky you're pretty. So shout outs to Reality Bomb Comic Cast, Steady Geekin, Mega Brain Comics, Not Up for Debate, Perry, the, whoever else, people. Mm -hmm. um, we did just want to uh, send out our condolences to fellow podcaster Mark Marin. We had put up a little post about uh, Lynn Shelton, who was his partner who passed away last week. Uh, and uh, if you haven't listened to his latest episode where he does talk about this, like if you're in, a, in an emotional state... <laughs> It's not the fucking place to be. I would say wait until like you can handle it. Yeah. Because uh, I was not. I was so I, I just. Oh. Yeah. It was heartbreaking. It was really heartbreaking. And, uh, you know, that's that, that really sucked. Uh, you know, Lynn Shelton was was a really prolific filmmaker and uh, who also happened to be his partner. And uh, so I don't want to shadow that, you know, yeah. that it's like. Mark Maron's partner passed away. You know, she was obviously very successful on her own. And, mm -hmm. uh, but they, you know, they, they had a connection and he's, you know, sort of known as this like 
curmudgeon in a yeah. way, you know, and uh, just to to hear him be so enamored with her and like breaking down was just like it was heartbreaking, but it was also just kind of um, it was just kind of touching because it's like you know I think a lot of people would try to edit that and just be like, well, I don't want to walk through this episode in an emotional manner. Yeah. But he didn't give a shit, which is in true, you know, Mark Marin fashion, I, I guess. He just uh, he just felt it. Mm-hmm. And you you either went on that trip with him or you didn't. Yeah. Um, so uh, our condolences and uh, to, to any you know, her family and friends and associates. That really sucked. Yeah, that really sucked. Um, and so, yeah, if you have anything that you want us to watch and, uh, you know, you have anything that you've watched also. Um, you know, send it our way. Yeah. I love watching stuff. Yeah. I guess now that I'm unemployed, I'll have time to watch even more stuff. Yeah, you heard it here. But, uh, yeah, if send there's it. if there's something that you think we should see and review, then uh, let us know uh, what that thing is, and we just might do it. Uh, next week, it'll, it'll be a conversation about things. Yeah. And they'll be film-related, as per usual. Yeah. We appreciate you joining us. That's true. Bye. Bye.